Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found, scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We are ready for Psalm 101 and Proverbs, I believe, 19. Now, our psalm today is only eight verses. It's a psalm of David, and it's a psalm about walking in godly integrity. So many today want to uh, twist scripture or twist theology or make an excuse to be in ungodly places, to surround themselves with ungodly people, to put before their eyes filth and ungodliness on TV or on their computer. And we've got all these reasons why it's okay or why it doesn't harm or there's not a lot of zealousness for the ways of God in the times we are living in. David had a different mindset. And all those things I just touched on, he's actually going to touch on in these eight verses. And so we're going to look at this psalm, and then we're going to compare it to some words of Jesus. And my prayer this morning as most mornings, is that these words would go forth, pierce hearts, and cause many of you to draw closer to God. Let's look at our psalm. I'm going to just going to read it, and then we'll go back through it and kind of uh, break down some things. Psalm 101, eight verses. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when, when thou will come to me, O when wilt thou come unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will know, I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately slander his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. 
that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. So there's Psalm 8, and I apologize for a couple of mishaps there, but we're going to go right back through it, and we're going to talk about these things. So we're only dealing with eight verses this morning, so bear with me as we kind of engage these eight verses again. David says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. Verse 2 says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. He's talking about my integrity and the way I walk and the way I live my life in my house is going to be the ways of God. Verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. I sh- it shall not cleave to me. This is extremely important. This is where most of us are making grave mistakes. You've heard kind of the uh, phrasing, the eye is like the window to the soul. What goes in your eyes has massive consequences. Grave consequences. It's what's determining your viewpoint on everything but specifically about things that are sinful. It is through the eyes that men and women are being destroyed by pornography. It is through the eyes that the media and the movies and the sitcoms that drop F-bombs every 30 seconds and have sexual content and, and this godlessness that's coming through the TV that's creating propaganda to control the way you think about things. And if you think, oh, well, I can, de- I can decipher these things, I can- you're making a grave, grave mistake. This is the correct godly attitude. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And that's not the whole verse. That's the first part of the verse. There's an attitude towards those things that David has as well. He says, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to set wicked things before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. If you remember, we just studied Job, not but a few weeks ago. And Job says, I had made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? He says, I'm not even going to think about it, much less dwell on things with my eyes that are godless. Jesus says, the light of the body is the eye. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 24, he says, If therefore my eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil... Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for he either will hate the one and love the other, 
or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It is also Jesus who says, If thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. Cast it from thee. It is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and that not thy whole body should be cast into hell. He's saying whatever that thing is that's causing you to sin, you better eliminate it. It's better to enter into eternity with one hand or one eye than to enter into hell with your whole body. The idea there is you got to get to the root of the problem and eliminate it. If Netflix is your problem, cancel it. If Instagram is your problem, delete it. Whatever's leading you to that thing, it's time for it to go. Is it really worth is that TV show really worth it? Is your need to be entertained by filth so great that you're willing to compromise your relationship with God? That's what I believe the scriptures are saying. Verse 4, a forward heart, that means a perverse heart, shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Here's another thing. Well, Jesus spent time with sinners. (laughs) Yes, there is a responsibility to witness with sinners. But the scriptures do not teach that you surround yourself with godless people. So stop using that as an excuse. David says, I'm not going to know a wicked person. You say, well, that's Old Testament. Fine. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. What does Paul say? 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Yes, you're going to work with people who hate Christ. You're going to encounter them, and you, you need to be a light to them. Those, those things are true. But you not need to go hang out at the bar on a Friday night, listening to godless music, surround yourself with godless people, and try to pretend like it's because you're there to witness the gospel. Get mad if you want. I'm just telling you what the scriptures say. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And then these last four verses. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. 
that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Actions matter. Our actions demonstrate what we truly believe. Will we walk with integrity? Will we guard our eyes? Will we guard the eyes of our children? Let's move on. Let's see if there be some wisdom for us this morning. Proverbs 19, as you know, I make it a habit not to read, pre-read the Proverbs. I like to just kind of let it happen and... I've been known to enjoy quite the connection with our psalm reading. We'll see if that be the case this morning. Open up your hearts. Let's get some wisdom from Proverbs chapter 19. Verse 1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Very first verse. What's the what's the first verse about? Walking in integrity. Verse two. Also that the soul be without knowledge, it is good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and his heart fretteth against the Lord. Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. A false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall perish. Please note, that's the second time this has been brought up. Solomon's trying to make a point, or the Holy Spirit, rather. In this proverb, don't bear false witness. God hates a lying tongue. Even in our psalm that we just read, verse 5 was, Whoso privately slander his neighbor, I will cut him off. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell in my house. Verse 10. Delight is not seemly for a fool, much less for a servant to have rule over princes. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. The king's wrath is a roaring of a lion, but his favor is as dew upon the grass. 
A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife for continual dropping. House and riches are inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. Please note, that, see the two contrasts here. He's saying if a man has a son that's a fool, it, it, it's, it's a calamity to his heart. And likewise, if he has a contentious wife who's always wanting to fuss and argue and it's like it's like a continual dripping it's awful but in contrast if you have a prudent wife that's a gift from god verse 15 slothfulness causes a into a slothfulness casts us into a deep sleep and an idle soul shall suffer hunger he that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despises his ways shall die. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he giveth, he will pay him again. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. There's a lesson that we need in the Western society. Discipline your children while there's time. You're, it's critical to their future. The Bible says, "Don't." yeah, he's going to cry, and it's, it's, and it's not fun to have to discipline them, but the outcome is detrimental to their soul. Look at the look at kids today. What hope is for them now? They're out of control. God help us. Verse 19 A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment, for if thou deliver him yet, thou must do it again. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. F folks, beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Why? That fear of God is what keeps you in line. There's a faith element there too. You believe that God is righteous and therefore you don't want to live unrighteously for fear that that will offend a holy and perfect God. Your life will be much better when you walk in obedience to God. It's just a fact. Obviously, Nobody's life is perfect. There's going to be problems. There's going to be disease. There's going to be disappointment. All of those things. But when you walk with no fear of God at all, I mean, you just, we've all been there, right? Many of us. Verse 24, A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. 
Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. And reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. He that wastes his father and chases away his mother is a son that causes shame and, and bringeth reproach. Cease, my son, to hear instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth integrity. Or, I'm sorry, let me read that again. An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Last verse. Judgments are prepared for scorners, and stripes for the backs of fools. That, my friends... Is our wisdom and encouragement for this week. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed, strengthened, maybe hearts pierced. I, uh, I, it's it's hard for me to resist the temptation to not just hammer home the fact that the way you walk talk, act, live, the things you put before your eyes, the things you say, the type of people you hang around with, all matter and all contribute to your faithfulness to God. I'm so sick of people making excuses for sin. I think I'll end there before I get myself in any more trouble. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Much needed support. Much needed uh, support has been considerably down this year. Uh, so if you're being blessed by this podcast and you want to support it, please consider doing so by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. There's a support and donate tab at the top. But if you can't do that, I know times are difficult. Your prayers are more important. If you would just pray for me and my family and for the protection of the podcast and our protection, those things I would be greatly, greatly indebted to you. So thank you to all of you. Peace and grace be with you all. And until next time, God bless.